I do just really want to thank you on this point for the whole journey you all have been with me on. <laughs> uh, so this will be the 100th episode, as I do remember correctly. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but I really have to thank you. And I love you so much because in the last few days and the few weeks, the numbers have really pushed upon all the limits that I, I just kind of seen. Not really. But, you know, I quite do not know how I could say this, but I'm actually pretty happy. You know, I it's the, the 6th of the month of, of February and I do by now just have some kind of reached the whole number of plays I had in the in had I had in the whole January. And this, you know, by just a quarter. Yeah, actually some no not yeah, some kind of the quarter of the time. And this is just amazing and just want to thank you for this. And I do hope you have a wonderful day. I wish you such a wonderful day and such a lot of happiness from the fucking bottom of my heart. And I do want to remind you again that um, there all should be my social media links. So um, if you're interested in what I'm doing, I'm doing quite more than just the podcast. And I would really wish you, I uh, really invite you to check out all the other things. But, but thank you. So, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And as you can see in the background again, <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about, again, the uh, body language book I've begun uh, four days ago, actually. So I will definitely um, keep up with uh, some sort of mixing all these topics I am currently discussing or all these summaries I'm currently discussing so that it's not too boring, you know, just talking about the same shit over and over again until this one is finished and then so on and so on. So therefore I will just, you know, do it like I just like it some sort of. Uh, maybe I'll even just prepare a third one and talk about a third one and so on. Um, but I do think we've stopped it. We, 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 um, no, I actually do have to introduce myself <laughs> um, once again because I don't do it often. So I'm Christopher Walk. I'm a 17, actually 18 year old uh, graphic design student from Austria and I'm pretty pretty fucking happy uh, to be here with you now. Um, I do have to tell another story for today because it's actually quite interesting because I actually learned something again. So um, today as I was waking up I actually, which was so fucking awesome, I actually had two hours less in school today because the first two hours um, weren't, so um, they got cancelled because my teacher is ill or was ill, I think actually is ill, uh, sadly, which uh, it was actually or would have been the actual first time I had her, but um, she has been ill for around 2.4, 2.5 weeks actually, which is quite unusual for a teacher. But, um, you know, as I was waking up, um, quite preparing everything, I get a message like, there was a mistake or some kind of failure with posting your posts uh, from the uh, program I use for 
uh, my daily scheduled posts on all these social media platforms. And then I was like, what the fuck? So normally, you know, I just get a few, uh, few messages sometimes and there are just arrows which um, are either just some sort of not quite true or something. Um, but actually this time it was something pretty fucking uh, honest, not honest, but something real. And so I looked everything up and then I saw it. My Instagram page isn't anymore connected with the actual app or the service I'm using. And then I was like, fuck man, I do have to do it right now. And I just, you know, tried in the early morning, uh, you know, to do this. Yeah, okay, it it, it was like uh, half, uh, it was uh, 7.30 a.m. actually, so not that early. But um, I tried to make everything and tried to kind of repair everything, but it didn't work. Um, so I do had to post everything manually today and I do would have to actually post something quite right now um, which was something then as I was going to the train or the, 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 the train station I was like hmm what can I learn from that or what does this one say to me so this just this happening and I was like yeah maybe I, I shouldn't just you know focus so hard on Instagram because yeah, maybe and definitely Instagram will reduce the um, organic reach probably because it's the same thing what happened with Facebook and therefore, you know, it would be just some kind of logically because Zuckerberg also owns Facebook and also owns Instagram that this would just be the same as well, which for me as a kind of owner of, of a social media company, it would make sense because everybody just is forced to to really buy more ads and buy more reach and just you know do not only rely on their organic reach um, but the thing is I do before just try to to check everything again and to see if that everything is working uh, didn't really work out that well but I think I, I found the problem but but yeah maybe I'm actually uh, using another program to schedule everything but I don't know so, uh, what this was this the point of the story? The point of the story is that maybe you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Even though I'm not quite doing it, but I do just, uh, to be honest, really focus on Instagram mainly. So, um, especially Facebook is something I, I do not like and do quite think about like, yeah, I do not have to do such, you know, much on this platform. It's okay if I leave it with the posts I'm scheduling all day long. And with Twitter, it's a little bit a different story. I do just uh, kind of, uh, yeah, tweet some things, some things um, besides the scheduled posts. So, but yeah, we will move on with thumbs from Code Pockets. So it's common to people feeling a superior position. The boss will walk around the office with the thumbs out of his pockets. And when he is not there, the second in the line of command is likely to do so none of the subordinate is likely to do it around the boss. And then I was quite thinking like, hmm, um, because I was working uh, in terms of an internship last year in the company, and I was just thinking if if there were the two bosses were actually just going around like that. I do actually not remember, but I think I would have never done this by myself. So I would never have been like, yeah, putting my hands into my pockets, 
and letting the thumbs show out. Uh, I would have never done this. I do think because actually just, you know, uh, only putting your your hands in your pockets is something that's... Um, I think your boss might not like to see it, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. So, uh, you can sometimes see people with their hands in their pockets and thumbs sticking out, but their arms are folded. The folded arms is defensive or negative, while the thumbs out show a superior attitude. And this was it with this kind of chapter. And we start with the evaluation and deceit signals. I love when Barbara and LNP say that the lying is the oil-greasing social interactions. Research shows that social liars are more popular than people who continue to tell the truth even though we know the social liar is not being fully forthcoming. I do actually believe and do really want to emphasize it now that this is fucking bullshit. Especially for me or just at least for me. Because for me just real fucking honesty is is king and is key for a successful life and for a happy life and all these great things because i do think yeah if you're just bullshitting around with with people all the time you know no don't do it it doesn't make any sense you know uh also your business partners if they were there weren't able to just trust you because you're always bullshitting around and yeah so the three wise monkeys the author says or say that when we see speak or or hear lies are deceit or something we don't want to hear or witness our tendency is to use our hands to cover our mouths ear or eyes women are better liars ellen barbara peace say women are better at reading emotions and even better at telling lies so how to lie better um so i do just uh kind of point the things out that, the, that they say about um, the three monkeys. So it's actually um, like this, so covering your eyes, covering your ears and covering your mouth um, would especially be a sign for uh, someone lying. And as you might know, if you have been going through the other episodes, uh, you might know that actually um, having closed palms is actually another indicator of someone is, is lying. So how to lie better? A good way of getting away with lies is to decrease your overall body movement so that you won't send any negative sig signals. Lying is easier behind something that will cover part of all of your body, behind a desk for example, peering over a fence, from behind a door or of course via telephone or email, totally. Um, but the thing is, people who are lying generally tend to not use any body language at all. And this is something that I would say that you should not do if you just want to lie, which I hope you're not doing because it's totally bullshit, at my point of view at least. Um, but people do not just really, uh, you know, make any gestures or something, which is also quite warm for me because um, we all quite just, you know, make gestures all the time and so on. So um, a little bit of it, but not just so overwhelming so that maybe some... Uh, negative signals, as they pointed out, might, you know, just be a little bit sneaky between all the other signals you're giving. So how the face reveals the truth. When we lie, indeed, we increase our hand-to-face gestures and increase the number of gulps or salvia, and while there is no guaranteed movement, 
that will let you that will let you know someone is lying you can learn a few clusters that will dramatically increase your chances of spotting a liar and the author of this article actually uh, has there a note Ellen and Barbara Pease here seem quite encouraging about the fact you can spot lies. This is in contrast to FBI agent Joe Navarro, who takes a strong stand in saying spotting lies is notoriously difficult and unreliable. Yeah, well, I think it's actually pretty difficult because, you know, uh, and this is actually now something that I just do like to point out and emphasize a little bit more in this society, uh, or society, sorry, um, that we are all individuals. We are all individuals. And I do like it to say in terms of, yeah, do not read 500 pages a day if you can't do it. Do not, you know, listen to that podcast if you don't like to listen to things for learning. Do the things you and yourself want to do or just, you know, find intelligent to do in terms of, yeah, you can learn better by watching somebody or you can learn better by speaking or talking to people rather than listening or reading. And therefore, I would say, actually, in this kind of context, we are all individuals and we all have our own behavior patterns. And so, at my point of view, just uh, to really point out liars or to really know if somebody is lying, you do actually quite have to know this person. And uh, you have to know how they move and how they act and, um, you know, how they use their, their face and um, their hands and so on. So, I do think... And I do quite uh, believe more in Joey Navarro, or Joe Navarro, whatever he's called, so the FBI agent, who is saying that it is not that easy to do this. Because, yeah, um, again, we are all individuals and everybody is doing something uniquely. But there are some indicators of, indicators of lies. Mouth cover or anything similar could be a fake cough. If they cover the mouth while you're speaking, they think you're hiding something. Nose touch can such an indicator and people tend to smile less when lying. So nose touch can such an, you know, uh, this, this paragraph doesn't make any sense. Um, so a nose touch could be an indicator, but people tend to smile less when they are lying. And in terms of the nose touch, it could actually only be an itching. The eye rub, men do it harder, women tend to judge or just uh, get closer to the eye and both genders can look away. The eye grab, another sign of anxiety. The neck scratch is a sign of doubt and uncertainty which says I'm not sure I agree. Cola pull, which is something I do not know and I hope you know. Fingers in mouth, a sign someone is in need of reassurance. Eye contact, some people won't be able to hold eye contact when lying and they get caught the easiest. But since most people are aware of that, they will swing in the other, other direction, keeping eye contact more than they normally would and get rarely caught. And the food movement. And yeah, and now we go ahead with boredom. Supporting the hand with your hands is a sign of boredom. Drumming of the fingers, a drumming with the fingers or with the feet are often misinterpreted or misinterpreted, whatever it is called, I will never know it, as boredom, but they are actually signs of impatience. The degree of impatience is related to speed of the taps. And this is actually something that's um, that I do think a lot of people just mean like, yeah, he's just, you know, playing around, he's bored, some kind of thing, but actually not. 
Um, this was something great to to really hear and to really actually read. Yeah, <laughs> um, as I was going through it, my first time. Evaluation signals. Barbara and LP say that a closer hand resting on the cheek's face, sometimes with the index finger pointing upwards, signals the person is evaluating something. If they want to find thing, it's F E I G N. Interest, but are starting to the are starting to the board the palm while start supporting the head. Yeah, it's a little bit difficult to to and actually, if I remember correctly, the uh, the person who is actually making these articles or making these summaries actually just really uh, yeah quite uh, underlines the part that he actually does a lot of mistakes in terms of spelling and so on if you do remember correctly i hope and therefore yeah um there are actually a lot of spelling mistakes which can sometimes be a little bit disturbing for me especially when i'm reading it and um especially when you do not have the context and or the knowledge or actually you know the book besides you where you can just be like yeah I do not get it. I do have to just read the actual page to to understand the whole context. But if the thumb supports the chin, it's a sign of critical thoughts about the speaker or the topic. The index can rub or pull the eye if the negative thoughts persist. It can be mistaken for interest, but the difference is the supporting thumb under the chin. So like this. Can you see this? No, actually not. I think it's this one. Decision making. Chin stroking is a sign that a person is thinking what to say or what to decide. Stalling cluster or stalling clusters. And people wearing glasses can take them off and put on and put one arm of the frame in their mouth. A smoker will take a puff of smoke and someone with a pen can put the pen in their mouth. Putting objects in the mouth is a sign that a person feels like he needs more time and wants to delay an answer. Head rubbing and slapping. When someone forgot something or did a blunder, they might slap their own head to communicate forgetfulness. If they slap the forehead, they signal they are not intimidated by you. If they slap the back of the neck, it says you're actually a pain in the neck. Habitually, rubbing the back of the neck says that someone tend to be more negative or critical, while those rubbing the forehead tend to be more open and easygoing. Yeah. Uh, the last one, so the, the rubbing on the forehead actually reminds me of a uh, teacher of mine who is pretty intelligent and a uh, pretty crazy guy as well. And um, he actually has three, uh, yeah, I do not know, uh, doctors or PhD, whatever, um, in different kind of um, areas, which is actually just for my school, just very, very overqualified or yeah, he is just overqualified for the whole school, <laughs> which is just, you know, pretty interesting that, yeah, such such people are just, you know, at, at a school like mine, where you just, you know, could be someone and be there as a teacher. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I do actually think the first one uh, with like, yeah, if you do slap your head, you just, you know, communicate forgetfulness. Hmm. I do not really know if just so many people will slap their heads, so I personally don't do it. I can think about people um, who just, you know, or I could visualize people who are just doing this just 
you know, because it would make some sense, but I do haven't, I think, met someone who is actually just hitting their head because they, uh, they have forgotten something. Ah, no. Sorry, I do know. I do know. <laughs> this was actually pretty recently, uh, when this happened, which is, which was also a teacher of mine, which was then quite, quite funny, actually. <laughs> but yeah. Eye signals. Barbara and LMP say that women have a wider peripheral vision, men tend to have more tunnel vision. Women can look at you better without moving their eyes. And this is actually something that I uh, wanted to try out with my girlfriend, and she was like, yeah, you know what, this doesn't make any sense. Some sort are not really, you know, the exact same words. But, um, yeah, but I do. Um, women, I do want to really look that up. Uh, more peripheral uh, vision. I do quite want to look that one up. Um, the eyes have it. Men and women do see things differently. Yeah, it seems like to be. And just, you know, I was quite only uh, reading the headlines there. But it could be the thing. And then I was quite, quite disgusting with my girlfriend if it's like, yeah, because of nature, because I, was, I always just put everything in really, in our really Asian days, where I'm like, yeah, the men are the hunters and the, the women and or the girls are just, you know, the people who are collecting, um, I don't know, just herbs and or fruits and all these things, but the men were hunting. And therefore I was thinking like, hmm, maybe women do think just or have a wider angle or wider uh, peripheral vision because they then then just can see more of what's going uh, on around them or actually for their babies so that they have an eye on the babies more easily and do not just have to look up and you know move their head actually all the time. But for men this would also be great because if they're hunting and there is actually a predator which uh, is coming from the side of them and they don't see them, or him, or her, or whatever, this might not be that good and might actually be deadly. So having a tunnel vision for a man is actually maybe not that a good of a thing. But yeah, pupils, dilate the pupils as a sign of attraction. So pupils which are uh, pretty big, um, science seems to have shown that if we just, you know, look at something we actually like or love, our pupils just, you know, get wider and or more open, actually, because this is actually only a hole, if you haven't known. So uh, even though it just seems to be like a, a dark point in our eyes, it's actually a hole um, through which the whole light we we see. So we only can see because of light. And this is the actual reason, uh, yeah, just light comes through our iris, not our iris, sorry, but our pupil, and then goes back on the on the actual back of our eye, and then the information gets some sort of decoded and sent to our brain. And so the pupil is actually only a hole. But it looks great. You no, know, the iris looks quite, quite, quite great if you just, you know, make a really picture, a really um, highly zoomed-in picture. It just looks so wonderful. Um, this is why lighter eyes are considered more attractive, because you can more clearly recognize a delighted pupil, and this is why romantic encounters tend to be, tend to be more successful in dimly lit places. The pupil delays naturally. In a direct mail, 
the pupil delights naturally. This is actually a thing I do uh, quite not agree with, but uh, because I actually have the opportunity or have the kind of skill to to widen my pupil if I want to, um, which then just is correlated with the focus I have on things. So if I do this and if my pupil is, um, you know, wider or wider open. Um, I do just see everything that's just very, very near to my eye. I do not know if this is, or this should actually be some sort of natural that the eye is just doing it by by default. Um, but I do actually can sort of uh, manipulate it somehow. I do not know why. It's just like it. Um, yeah, In a direct mail campaign, LMPs was able to increase the sales of a lipstick by 45% simply enlarging the pupil size of the model. Um, and this is actually then a really great thing that you can actually uh, use the body language things that you have learned here or somewhere else and put it into your area. So maybe you are a marketer and so you can use it for your marketing efforts or you are, um, yeah, Actually, body language could be useful in every kind of situation you are or every kind of area you are working on or working in. Interestingly, people are better at decoding eye signals than they are at decoding body language. Women do better as usual, but men didn't fare poorly. Didn't fare poorly, sorry. If someone is looking at you for more than uh, two thirds of the time, he can either be interested in you in which case he'll, he will have dilated pupils or she will have dilated pupils or he'll be hostile, in which case he'll have constricted pupils. Women are good at deciphering it, men not as much. Uh, deciphering, I don't know. The eyebrow flash. Um, just maybe, no, I'm, I'm going to read it. I just thought about if I should actually just some kind of shorten it and summarize actually this point. Because it's only just some kind of greeting, and therefore I, I really tend to uh, remind myself on actually you know using my eyebrows when I'm reading on my videos and actually smiling as well. Because this actually, because when I'm smiling, my voice as well just uh, has another tone and just seems to be a lot more friendly than I'm like this. So I do just remember myself to. Uh, Sometimes it's definitely just by default and just, you know, like I am, but I do kind of remind me to smile first of all and, and you know, I, I, I do not uh, remind myself to make the eyebrow flash, but I do just notice it every single time because then my fucking forehead stretches so fucking hardly that I, you know, there's no way I couldn't recognize it. So the eyebrow flash. The definite book of body language says that the eyebrow flash is the eyebrow rising rapidly for a split second. It's a universal friendly gesture to say hello. We don't give the eyebrow flash to people we don't like and to strangers and people who don't use it upon first meeting someone are perceived as potentially potentially aggressive. Check Javer or Kafer or whatever uh, in the likes switch says you can use the fine, I don't know, fine, again this F-A-F-E-I-G-N uh, liking for someone and P says that you should always eyebrow flash people you like or those whom you want to like you. Actually, a good thing. Eyebrow signals. Uh, lowering the eyebrows shows dominance or, aggress or aggression and raising the eyebrows shows submission. 
Women raise their eyebrows and eyelids to make their eyes appear bigger and create the baby effect, or the baby face effect, sorry, which makes men want to protect them. And this is actually a good thing uh, compared with, I, I do actually think we have learned this already in the summary, um, if you just lower yourself and look upward, because it then just, uh, your eyes are just closer to the, the side of the other person you're talking with, because if you're like this, your chin is the most, or the part that's, uh, you know, has the most distance between the other person's eyes and, yeah, yourself, and your eyes are actually pretty near. Therefore, your eyes just appear way bigger as well. And if you just, you know, do this, and <laughs> if you just, you know, some kind of combine those things, you know, you're just an actual baby. If you do everything on the other way, yeah, you just seem to be pretty, pretty fucking aggressive, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, looking up. Barbara and LP say that lowering the head and looking up is a submissive gesture women use to appeal to men. Yeah, actually, the thing. So, lowering the head and looking up. Um, it makes the eyes seem larger and makes the woman more childlike. And P says that Diana made an art out of lowering her head and looking up while exposing her neck. Some women show sexual submissiveness by lowering the eyelids while simultaneously raising the eyebrows and looking up. It's one of the trademark of sex serenes such as Marilyn Monroe and Sharon Stone. More on serenes, read the art of seduction. This is also the expression that many women have during an orgasm. Okay. <laughs> Gaze behavior. Michael Archile or Argyle or Argyle or whatever found that Westerners and Europeans look at each other for an average of 61% of the time while I speak. 40 to 60% when talking and 75 to 80% while listening. 31% is mutual gazing. Yeah, I do actually think this makes sense because I also do um, just, you know, look at the other person. I'm quite a person who is just looking at the other one all the fucking time, no matter what. Um, just because. Just because. I, I do kind of think, yeah, if I'm just talking to them, I should actually, you know just looking at them, I do kind of just, you know, look, look around sometimes if I do just feel like, yeah, staring at the other person so fucking hardly that they feel uncomfortable, uh, which is not something I would like to, uh, or would like them to be, so I do just, you know, uh, yeah, really change it up and don't do it. Uh, so when one likes the other, he will look at him a lot. The person being looked at notice and he will likely... He will likely like him in return as well. This means you should look at people a lot to make them like you. Uh, your gaze should meet theirs 60 to 70% of the time. When in foreign cultures, through the, through the best course of action is to mirror the gaze time of your host. Which is actually a good thing because um, there are actually countries, and I do not know where I, I've, I've gathered this information, um, where people just really stare at each other and that's pretty normal. Uh, in Europe and I think in America as well, or in the United States as well, um, it is not the case. So staring at someone is more crazy and more strange than just, you know, normal or good. So therefore this is actually great advice to just um, use the gaze time of somebody else or just some kind of native person and just do it the same. 
the dimmed people or timed, timed, it's T, a strong T, so T, I, M, I, D. People who rarely meet our gaze are seen as untrustworthy. When people meet and make eye contact, I do think they just kind of seem untrustworthy because they they seem like not actually listening to what we are saying. Because we, I think, some sort of expect someone to be just, you know, watching us or just looking at us while we are speaking. The thing is, for me, if I'm just thinking about it and talking about it, it do just have something to do with kind of trust and making yourself vulnerable. Because just keeping an eye on someone could, um, yeah, could be just an, an communication of, yeah, I, I do not trust you actually, because I'm looking at you and I'm looking at every move you're doing. Therefore, not looking at somebody while you're speaking with them means that you're actually trusting them. For me, as I just look at it by, by nature and or just the same thing like before in this really ancient kind of environment. It would make sense for me because, yeah, if you just do not have to look at somebody because you just trust them and you know that they won't kill you, yeah, this is just trust. But yeah, uh, so when two people meet and make eye contact, uh, the subordinate is usually the one to look away first. This means that not looking away is a subtle way of delivering a challenge or showing disagreement. Peace says that if the higher higher status person is your boss, you should keep your eye contact for a few seconds. Longer than is usually acceptable, but that you shouldn't do it regularly if you care about your job. <laughs> um, darting eyes. Barbara and LNP say that when your eyes scan the surrounding from left to right, we are looking for escape routes. We do it naturally even when, you, when we are talking to someone boring. If sometimes we want to avoid looking like we are we are being bored to death, we could then swing to the opposite same as we do for lying and look into our speaking partner's eyes even more than normal. Uh, in this case, we will often have a tight-lipped smile, same similar to when we are lying. The thing with... Uh, <laughs> which is actually, I do kind of feel like, yeah, if this is actually the thing for some other people as well. So if I do really concentrate on somebody's eyes... I mostly just do not listen to to what they're actually saying, which is which is actually a pity because I, you know, most of the time I just do quite want to want to listen to them and want to hear what they're saying, but I'm so focused on making eye contact or just uh, recognizing my eye contact that I just you know do not really get it what they say or just forget to listen some sort of. Because I'm always like, yeah, why am I staring so? Or should I stay stare even more? Should I look away? What is the best now? So, and there, you know, I just ask myself questions. You know, not that long, but just, just pretty quick and maybe um, subconsciously. But, um, but yeah. So the gaze, geography, social gaze. Is moving your gaze between the eyes and the mouth for about 90% of the time or of the gazing time this is non-threatening and the other will perceive you as non-aggressive. Intimate gaze. Across the eyes and below the chin to lower parts of the person's body. From far its, from far its eyes to groin or below and near beats between the eyes and the chest. Uh, intimate gaze is used to show interest and those who are interested will return this gaze. Intimate gaze too soon, though, would give the game away. Men miss it, a men miss it anyway, but women get it. 
The power gaze is looking between the eyes and the center of the forehead. Peace says that uh, the impact is huge. It can change or it changes the atmosphere to to very serious. And if your gaze doesn't drop below the eyes level, you can keep the screws on him. Never use it in friendly or romantic encounters, just on those whom you want to intimidate or quiet down. Yeah, you know, this is actually... I do think that that body language is so fucking um, impressing. Yeah, that's as well. But so fucking powerful. Because as you can see, you can just, you know, change a whole situation just because on how you're acting and how you're just standing or moving and, or, you know, just what gestures you're doing or how you're looking, if you just have wide eyes open or if you're just not smiling or you're do, do, do smiling and so on. The power stare. When you are under attack, maintain eye contact without blinking. Narrow your eyelids and focus closely on him. If you have to move from person to, per, from person to another, don't blink and first move your eyeballs and then let your f- head follow with your shoulders standing still. Starting a great job interview, a man wants to check a woman's hair, legs and body shape and you should allow that to happen to make everyone feel at ease. Shake hands, then give the interview a 2-3 to three seconds time window, window to scan you. This strategy also helped selling better. Which is actually some kind of weird if you just, you know, write it down like this or read it like this. But I do actually think, yeah, it's it's just it, you know. I do not want to say that every man is doing this, not not consciously, definitely not, but um, for sure some people might be doing it subconsciously as well, but for sure some people are just doing it because they enjoy it as well. So, yeah, so every kind of sector is, is kind of available at my point of view. Territories or, yeah, territories and personal space. Uh, one arm length away is always a good thing. Or it seems to be. And I do just, uh, yeah, I want to see if this is actually the case and if they just uh, talk about it uh, themselves. Barbara and Ellen Peace, and actually every single sentence uh, <laughs> goes on with Barbara and Ellen Peace. Go into the personal zones here, which I won't go into details here because it's a well-known topic. The distance tend to reduce between two women and increased between two men. When people embrace the distance, they keep their hips apart uh, gives away information about the relationship. We hate riding elevators because the cramped space get other people into our intimate, intimate zone. And peace says the behavior we follow is called masking, which is everyone's trying to hide their emotions by wearing a natural mask. And the people riding in the subway at rush hour, the author says, aren't really happy or aren't really unhappy. They are just masking their emotions. I also found particularly interesting that P says that the people who go around slapping everyone on the back is secretly disliked by everyone. I do just think if it's you know a person who is just um, doing it uh, uh, because he wants to, just you know slapping others' backs and say hello, how are you, or if it's like yeah, if you're just in a really crowded space and you do just you know, piss everyone uh, on by just, you know, going around all the time and, you know, hitting every person and just slapping them on their backs just accidentally. Yeah, I could I could understand that. But uh, in terms of, yeah, you actually 
just willing to be nice? I don't understand that. Why mobs get angry? Barra and LP says that one of the reasons why mobs get so angry is because everyone is on everyone's personal space. When the police breaks up the crowd, the dynamics change and the riot usually stops. And the author says this is why um, this is why ours actually I think a mistake. Uh, why the highest crime and violence are also areas with the highest population density. So this is why areas uh, with the highest crime and violence are also areas with the highest population and or density. And a quick note from the author of the article, I'm not sure this makes any sense at all. Places with the highest population density also happen to be the poorest areas and poverty is correlated with violence and crime. Actually totally true. And this is a, f a fact that that's great the, uh, the author um, just points out and emphasizes. Spacing rituals. The authors say that when deciding where to seed, people will usually pick the place that gives them the most space. If there is only one person sitting, the person who just arrived will usually pick a place between the person sitting and the end or front row, so as not to offend the sitting person. Yeah, I'm just also doing it all the time. I do just, you know, take either a seat that I kind of feel comfortable with taking or I would just, you know, take no seat. This is actually uh, an option I do just often take because if I just sit or just stay around and the train is, you know, just doesn't matter for me. I do actually think that this is actually good for me because I'm sitting all day long and so staying a little bit on the weekends or somewhere else if I do not have to work on anything, which is some kind of, you know, would then be some kind of uh, uh, a reason for me to yeah, really sit down if I do have to work on something. Um, I just stay because, yeah, why not? I'm always I'm always sitting, so standing a little bit isn't that that bad. Cultural differences. Barbara and LPs tell the story of an Italian couple in Sydney being accused of hitting on everyone at a club they joined because the Italians, coming from a smaller personal space culture, were standing too close for the Australians. Japanese also tend to stand rather close. City dwellers dwellers, yeah, also tend to have smaller spaces than country people. Totally, because they are just used to it, I think, and, um, you know, people, or country people, or people from the countryside, do actually have more personal space, or more space in general, so therefore, having a bigger personal space would make sense. Territory and ownership. The definite book of body language goes into a topic I have long observed before it became conscious. People can feel like a certain seat or space belongs to them in a place they often visit. Uh, or they might feel ownership of the kitchen in the house if they are using it. To avoid offending anyone and starting a relationship on the wrong foot, it's a great advice or idea to ask, to ask uh, when you visit someone's homes which seat is yours. Um, people driving cars tend to feel like they have a bigger personal space and that's why we see so many incidents of road race uh, pieces. And this is actually something I do quite understand because if there's somebody at my home, you know, some, I don't know, people related to us or some friends of my, my parents or, you know, just some people and I do can't really sit on my place or my seat I usually sit on, 
I, I quite a feel not that conformable. I kind of feel like different, and um, because I'm maybe just used to 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 the seat I had all the time. Therefore, I I just understand this why. And this is actually something I do quite have to remember that always to just ask the person, yeah, uh, which seat is yours, or is this your seat, or where should I sit? And if they just, yeah, okay. Um, if you see, <laughs> if you ask them, um, where can I sit? And they say, yeah, like everywhere. Um, I think most of them, they will just point to a place where they want you to, to sit. So therefore, this would actually also be some kind of option. So they would never, at my point of view, would never then just point to the place or to the seat where they are always sitting. I do think like like that, yeah. So how the legs reveal the mind? The legs are actually one of the body parts that actually show quite a lot of, not your personality, but how your mental state is at the moment or, you know, how you're feeling at the moment. So the definitive book of body language says that the farther away a body part is from our mind, the less awareness we have of it. And that's why legs and feet are some of the most honest body parts. Walking style. Young and healthy people walk faster, resulting in arms swinging the most. Yeah, maybe. You know, I do just... I, I quite run. I quite run or sprint all the time. And I do just have quite always my, my hands in, in my jacket pocket, so I'm not swinging. But yeah, that's maybe due to the cold weather we have. So, would I swing? Yeah, probably yes. Um almost if they were marching. This walking style has been adopted by politicians and public figures who want to look younger and healthier. Oh, healthy. And Barbara and LP say that people walking slowly show they have plenty of time or not interested in what they are doing or have nothing else to do. It's, for, it's okay for retired millionaires, but not for people who want to convey authority or health for potential mates. Influential people commanding attention walk briskly at a medium pace with medium length, length strides. Legs and feet. Barbara and LP say that evolutionary speaking, legs serve the purpose of going towards what we want and running away from what we don't want. So, they, so the way we point our feet and legs tell us where we want to go. As a rule of thumb, open, open or uncrossed legs show an open or dominant attitude and crossed positions reveal closed attitudes or uncertainty. Yeah, this makes sense. You know, this is just the same thing as with, you know, crossed arms, so quite with the other part of your body. Just quite the same. Uh, and actually, uh, today I was standing there and this is only because of this book and only because I'm discussing it on here. Uh, I do just really keep attention to what my body language is like. So um, I do if I put my hands on my back, I do really just, you know, keep attention to not uh, not grabbing my wrist or even, you know, upper parts of the arm, which just tell other people or tell myself to be some kind of defensive or not sure or, you know, some kind of negativity. Therefore, I because I like to stand like this, um, I do just, you know, make the hand-in-hand -hand thing where I just, you know, uh, yeah, put my hands behind my back, but, you know, do not grab my wrist or my arm or whatever, but I do just have one hand laid in the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> Standing positions. 
At attention, standing with your feet close together is a formal and neutral position, showing no signs of a commitment uh, of commitments towards any particular course of action. Uh, with men and women interacting, women use it mostly and employees use it with bosses. Uh, so standing with your feet close together. Legs apart, uh, predominantly a male position and the equivalent of a crotch of a crotch display. The crotch display, yeah, we've had that and this, at my point of view, just shows dominance and yeah, I'm big and yeah, look at how strong I am and you know, nobody can do something against me or whatever. Foot forward, the foot forward points in the direction our mind wants to go. In groups we point our food, our, <laughs> our food, um, we point our forward food, food, sorry, to the person we find most interesting or attractive. The leg cross, standing leg cross and scissors and or scissors uh, show that someone wants to stay but has a closed submissive or defensive attitude. It is usually adopted in the presence of people we feel superior to us. It is usually adapted in the presence of people we feel superior to us and studies show it's usually people who lack confidence who uses it. Yeah, and I do think this is quite the end of this episode because then there is something else coming up uh, which also just, you know, fit under the part of, of or under the chapter of foods and food and legs, foods and legs. Um, but I do, you know, they just are some kind of different from the other parts. So I won't discuss it by now, uh, in two days then. Or actually, no, actually, yeah, in two days because tomorrow is... It's Thursday actually. Um, on Friday there will be, as always, two episodes. So I just was thinking, like, yeah, maybe it's it's Tuesday today and uh, no Thursday today, and maybe yeah, more tomorrow. I do have to make two episodes, but no, it's not like that. Um, but I do hope you get a lot out of this one. If not, tell me. If yes, tell me. So there should everywhere, and I do have just uh, quite updated the link in my podcast description so not the description of the episode but the description of the podcast itself um, this is kind of link you click on it and then you see all the links that lead to all social media platforms i am on so um, yeah it's pretty nice graphic and you can see uh, where i am and click on all the fields that are available there to just get to the social media platform of your choice but uh, that's with it and i do hope you Nothing more than incredibly an ultimate happiness. I think I do have to say it every single time at the end of an episode. And, but I do wish you success, health, wealth, happiness, that you actually give something back, a great legacy, and as I said, happiness. With that being said, and this is actually what, what I and my life should stand for. And I do have to, to correct something. I've been saying quite a lot. I do have started this as an idea to, to create money. But in the meantime, I know that only thriving for money won't make anything good. The good thing about this is that I'm currently not making any money with what I'm doing. Therefore, I'm just doing it anyways. Um, but if I do just get money from it, I just have to remind myself every single day, money... It's not what makes me happy, but helping people and just, yeah, helping people and uh, giving people happiness and maybe information, what they actually need, is the thing that will make me happy. 
and this is something I know, uh, but I just wanted to make clear, yeah, I kind of started it because I wanted, or initially just wanted to make some money, um, yeah, but I love you anyways, doesn't matter for me, I love you, thank you for being with me, I'll see you the next time, bye. <laughs>